6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. What was he thinking? Yeah, it's a question being asked by many across the country as the Prime Minister spent the first National Truth and Reconciliation Day on vacation in Tofina, B.C., vacationing with his family. This is what it sounded like when a global reporter caught up with him on the beach. Why not in person, sir? They invited you. answer from the Prime Minister when asked why he didn't go to Kamloops to mark the day there. We'll talk more about that coming up. So originally the PM's official itinerary had him in private meetings in Ottawa, but when a journalist spotted his jet taking off from Ottawa and watched where it was going, that story fell apart. Later, the Prime Minister's office confirmed the vacation, the getaway in a statement sent to Global News. Now, the office did say the Prime Minister was taking calls and talking with survivors of residential schools yesterday. We do know that the Prime Minister had received at least two invitations to spend the day with survivors and their families, including two from the B.C. First Nation that uncovered the remains of 215 children at a residential school site earlier this year. The chief there telling Global News she was quite disappointed in the Prime Minister. I am truly saddened that he was not able to join us today. I did hold out on hope that maybe that he would be here. We have sent him two invitations. All of this has Indigenous leaders across the country fuming mad and so many other folks just shaking their head. Our first guest this afternoon is Chadwick Cowie, who is a researcher, course instructor with the Department of Political Science at McGill University and a PhD candidate in the Department of Poli-Sci at the University of Alberta, specializing in Indigenous, Canadian and comparative politics. He is from the Michisagi community of the Hiawatha First Nation near Peterborough, Ontario, and was national coach chair for many years of the indigenous wing of the federal liberal party chad welcome back to the show hi thank you for having me again. okay when you uh, heard the news yesterday that uh, the prime minister um didn't go to any ceremony to mark the day what what went through your mind um I think for, like, obviously a key thing here is that, like, I get, um, you know, just off of an election uh, that can be very vigorous and a lot of time-consuming and, you know, downtime for the family, but for the first time that this is marked as a national holiday for especially federal employees or federally regulated uh, businesses, but not necessarily that means that all Indigenous people got the the day off, um, a time to reflect, a time to discuss, especially in a year when we're dealing with, you know, thousands of unmarked graves being confirmed as as being where they were survivors telling this families telling this um and you know him himself saying in 2015 that nothing is more important in canada than the relationship with indigenous peoples that there's clearly a missing of mark especially with this movement on reconciliation and especially with the importance of the state especially this year when you've had flags at half mass since may um you know it's uh, for me it was um, surprising in a sense, but not fully, but I'm shocked that they couldn't even be wearing orange as we saw in the video of them on the beach. Um, yeah. 
We've seen, uh, we've heard some pretty tough talk from a lot of uh, Indigenous leaders across the country. Uh, Lynn Gruel, the uh, CEO of the Native Women's Association of Canada, put out a statement earlier today saying that uh, this trip to Tofino is more proof that uh, Trudeau does not give up mm, about Indigenous rights. Uh, <laughs> uh, tough talk, and I can't say that word on the air, but I suspect you can figure out what she's saying there. But um, do you believe it's all talk, no action with the Prime Minister? Um, I think this can also be, this is also sometimes a problem in the Canadian political structure with, with how it works, um, because it's, it's built on this, everything, like the residential schools, some of our institutions uh, within the Canadian state are built off of colonization and continue to thrive off of the continued colonization that happens. We need to remember we're talking about, when we're talking about residential schools, it's mainly focused on you know, the, 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 the discussion on it, the, the court case and everything has focused on status First Nation people who had to go through it. So we're still not fully talking about Inuit and Métis or the day schools. We're not talking about um, the Indian hospitals that were put in place and the policies that are put in place or the fact that Canada still dictates, especially to First Nations people, who's allowed to be one of them and who's not through the Indian Act. Um, so these are things that need to be taken into consideration. And when looking at how things work, especially in the political process, are Indigenous people there looking at or being used as a token and are they there just to make sure the party looks like they have stats showing that they're involved and I know that this is what many people who've been involved in Canada's political system who are Indigenous have felt including myself which is why I left um, the party and I, I left being involved after about 15 years of being involved. Uh, Chad, well, g give us an idea of what your role was within inside the Liberal Party. What, what, what did you do there? So um, between 2012 to 2014 and then 2016 to 2018, I served as the co-chair male for the Indigenous wing of the Liberal Party. Uh, the Liberals and the NDP both have an Indigenous wing, but the Liberals had established theirs in 1990. Um, this was when Chrétien made a lot of promises with the Red Book and going forward for 1993. Um, the Indigenous wing has always been there, and I had been involved with it to help rebuild it. So my my place was to sit on the national board of the party with my my co-chair, who would be who was who would be female because we would have a male and female, um, and, and working towards moving things and helping to build relations with Indigenous communities, uh, First Nations uh, communities, uh, and, and, and Inuit and Métis um, people and their communities, and, and moving forward on how to help be that bridge between both sides um, and get them involved with the party and get them to vote, obviously, Liberal in future elections. So you left. You left in 2018. What was... Why? What was the final straw for you? told um, back in 2016 at the convention in Winnipeg that, you know, Indigenous people shouldn't have to choose between being Indigenous and Liberal. Unfortunately, for, for, for a few people and over the years of the Indigenous wing existing in the party, that has been the case. There has had to be, they came down to having to make a decision. I felt like I had to because I wouldn't necessarily toe party line with doing stuff because I was there to make sure the way my, the reason for my involvement was because I wanted to make things better. And again, as someone who's going through academia, um, with, with me being a PhD candidate, I'm teaching, I um, have this as my, my expertise, but I'm also born with it because I've grown up with it. Um, but having to constantly be repeating myself whenever there was a change within the party structure, having to deal with um, that type of um, ignorance and sometimes the racism that exists within the party structures, and it's not just the Liberal Party, the NDP and the Conservatives and the other parties all have similar issues when it comes to Indigenous engagement. Um, and having to constantly prove myself and 
uh, be told that I had to prove it when we had Indigenous people who were clearly involved on the Indigenous side telling them this is how it was. Um, this is something that would happen. And again, it's not just the Liberals that, that, the Liberal Party that has this issue, but it's also issues that exist because, again, how the Canadian state exists and its settler colonial history and, and contemporary existence. So, so Chad, I want to ask you, you know, uh, what needs to change then, um, you know, inside all of these parties, but I suspect that that would be a three-hour conversation. <laughs> but yes, in a be. nutshell, is it you know that you know there there needs to be um, you know more action, less talk? Do they need to listen better? What would be those the top points? Definitely more action than talk. A realization that it has to be Canada to Haida, Canada to Cree, Canada to Nakota, Canada to Blackfoot, Canada to Blood, Canada to Anishinaabe, Canada to Haudenosaunee, Canada to Dene, Canada to Inuit. It has to be that relationship. A nation-to-nation relationship means it has to be the Canadian state to a specific nation, not to all Indigenous peoples, because it's going to be different, and it's also going to be different based on treaty. That has to be an understanding. And on top of that, when you use the term reconciliation or consultation, whose definition is it? Is it one where Indigenous peoples or First Nations, Inuit, and Métis are at the table as equals to the Canadian state, or is it a top-down approach and that's sometimes the issue that we run into because sometimes those in power are more worried about votes than doing what needs to be done and that's an experience that I had and in my time being involved that's why I left because I felt I could not move forward in being involved in the party process but that doesn't mean that there's not people who are doing the work that still needs to be done because change can occur it's just it's very exhausting and tiresome for people who are doing it long term and they have to take break before before I let you go I mean I started this conversation with what was he thinking and and I don't know in my head I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure why or how the Prime Minister thought that showing up on a beach in Tofino on on the first ever uh, National Truth and Reconciliation Day was a good idea or how his advisors said hey you know what yeah that's not going to be a problem uh, you've got I've got to have, you've got to have some questions about who's advising him that's that's a definitely good question. I don't. I know when I had left the party, there there was no one Indigenous necessarily at the PMO who was able to help with doing that engagement understanding. I know that was something Paul Martin excelled at within his. They had a senior uh, advisor who was Indigenous to help with some of that stuff. Um, but it is questions of what was thinking, especially when you have a, a personal offer from where. Mm-hmm. Some of these burial, these 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 burial sites or, or these graves were finally confirmed. Get an invite from that, but again, something that could have been done is that I get going on vacation. That was a long campaign, but they could have been wearing orange. Something as simple and as powerful as that, uh, Chad. I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate your time as always. Have a good weekend. Thank you very much. Take care. Chadwick Cowie joining me this afternoon from the Michisagi community of the Hiawatha First Nation near Peterborough. National, he was national co-chair for many years of the Indigenous wing of the federal Liberal Party weighing in on the Prime Minister showing up in Tofino on the first ever National Truth and Reconciliation Day.